0: To Sam Bagoato or Namo Hato, some Ma, some Buddhasa, no more to Sam Bagoato or a Hato, some So in the um, <clears throat> really great potentials that are in re- meditation, and particularly in sustained retreat, is the sense of you know, bringing it all back home, bringing it back to the moment, bringing it back to what one's attitudes are, what one's intentions are, what one's um, blind spots are, what one's tendencies are. see the world arising out of this how in a day we can go from the nether regions to hell regions to the earth to the heavens back to the hells quick dip into purgatory and lo and behold back to bed (laughs) (laughs) you know wow what was all that about uh, you know, it doesn't you know, saves on fuel cost, doesn't it? You can travel. <laughs> <laughs> in fact you can't stop travelling, that's the point. <laughs> so when you, you you know, you can start to sort of recognise these potencies we have for fear and aversion and uh, getting lost. And also the potency to have for releasing that and coming home, and suddenly finding so that it's can be something rather blessed and sacred about our lives. We feel rather grateful and enriched by them. You know, and this kind of possibility. <clears throat> you know, uh, and so this sort of sense of the sacred, which I mean more than just nibbana, but the whole kind of the ways to it, the actions that lead in that direct one in that way, that remind one of that, that keep one in track with that, so you might see the the pathways, the doorposts of the of the deathless are also things that we we just need to remember you know when we're traveling that there's a particular <laughs> there's a particular course that you can an orbit you can come back in on, which is always bringing it back, bringing it back to very simple and yet extremely potent things like one's attitudes, what's happening in your body, what's happening in your heart, what's the movement. And these come down to the two fundamental modes of meditation that really run together. One is about energy, which is the mode of samatha, or calming, or steadying, or stabilizing. And the other is the mode of view, which is to do with vipassana, insight, seeing things clearly. And all of our difficulties arise from tangles and disturbances and obscurations in these areas. And all of our clarities arise from the clearing and the the restfulness and the unfolding in these areas. So it just comes back to, so really, the whole world arises out of out of this, and it can also dissolve back into the union, if you like, of of energy and view, where the mind feels steady and stable, and the view is not proliferating, Papancha, this projection of you know ifs and shoulds and oughts and mights and, and so forth, the past and future. You know, you sort of <coughs> so the, this. It tries to sort of give one a simple you know, um, quick check in our lives or you know, what's happening. So these are two very important areas to keep covered in your day. You know, kind of this is going towards the end of retreat. So just to catch two things, You know, I'm sure you understand the value of Morality and meditation and friendship and skillfulness, but just even to make it even much more momentary than that, just energy and view, you. Know? And everything we do about energy, we can loosely bundle under the heading of samatha, stabilizing, feeling good, feeling grounded, feeling connected, feeling healthy, feeling well. You know? And energy. <clears throat> Is very much a, a you know it's based in the in the body or the nervous system provides all this, and as I've said before, it's all connected, so that whatever we we draw from the same resource, whatever we think takes energy, whatever we feel through our hearts and emotions or impulses takes energy, and the body also takes up energy. You know so. In the way that one of the requirements for Cultivate is how to manage that, how to conserve that. And, uh, you know This has been discussion in some of our interview groups, it's been around this, touching into this theme, because it is a, a big topic for people. You know? You know, For a start, you know, what we do in meditation is just trying to find your own body. You know? <laughs> To, to get back to the, the source of it all. Yeah. No. I and mean, this is so, the, even though the, the, this resource is expressed through the body, through the heart, and through the thought, which is the same as speech, thought speech, the heart, which is what we mean by mind, is really more like heart, and body. There's you know, the three. And for many people, um, it's quite common to be living in the world of abstracts, not connected to the body, you know. The world of time, place, thought, ideas, future, past, could be, should be, what I'm going to do next, how I am, why I am, why she is, why I'm not, why we don't, why we do, what we're going to do next about it, you know. And this is a tr- tremendous spin with the, the feeling that somehow, if we could just resolve all this, then we could finally, yeah, that's now sorted, sorted out. Now we can, you know. And so, just just a little bit more in that area, and then we'll get it sorted out, and then, you know, we'll be okay. Oh, well, actually, just a little bit more of that, and then we'll get that sort finished, and then, then we'll, we'll, that's funny. Oh, I've got to deal with that oak right now, and then I'll deal with that, and then I'll be okay. That's strange. Well, I'll just sort that out first. and <laughs> You notice something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good the tar baby effect. You know. <laughs> stick your hand on it, you know. I just, that's funny. I just put the, uh, that's strange. Maybe if I just put my foot on it, oh, that's funny, my foot's stuck too. <laughs> And that that was that imperative to 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 um, you know to do a bit more in that area? You know, so you've also got to recognise there are very quite powerful uh, attitudes we have and biases we have to to uh, figure it out, sort it out, make it work, and deal with these things. You know, and it, and of course. The first thing we need to do is is get get ourselves whole you know you, you don't you drive the car you get it in the car you don't you know leave the gearbox behind you know you keep you get to make sure the wheels are on the on the car before you start getting the pumping the pedal <laughs> otherwise all the pumping and the Really, got to get there in a hurry, and it's really important for me. And it doesn't work unless you've got wheels on the thing. Yeah. And it's rather like you can't, you can't apply yourself unless you've got a whole system. So, and the body is an important, the important part of that system. Yeah. It's really only through coming into your body that you're able to, to both discharge stress and tension. And you know, get the kind of that discharging of stress, tension, agitation, st- strung out state. You're only really going to find that in your body, uh, and then, and then the sense of regeneration comes from the bodily resource. Now, obviously, the mind is involved with that, and you've got to actually use the mind sometimes to get into your body. But it was as we often, you know, stress in meditation actually. It really is a very simple, gentle, you know, not forced moment of time touch of just, you know, it's not clenching yourself back into your body, but just dropping back into it. So the sense of mental effort is is quite precise and momentary, you know, and. It's not you've got to do this because that's that's adding an attitude. You want to keep keep leave the attitudes behind. It's much more, or you know, you should be this. That's an attitude. But really, where is it now? Where are you now? You might say is the simple, simple question. You know, where do you sense yourself as now? Where do you sense yourself? Where where are you right now? You want to kind of ask that question. A whirl, a spin, and, uh, and uh, so this, this sense of coming back in. Isn't this to be really precious. As we go into what most customarily the movement we have is into perhaps how I'm feeling, which is important. And then the other movement is to what to do. So the movement of what to do is very much takes you into your head. And the movement of how I'm feeling takes you into your heart. These are certainly topics in our life. Until you've got to the movement of where am I, you haven't actually entered your body. So your body tells you where you are. Your heart tells you how you are. Your head tells you what you're supposed to be doing about it. Right now, you know, but until you've got the where you are, then there isn't really a, a starting place. You know, you have got no place to come from. You're just coming from suppositions and, uh, and so forth, and or ricocheting off of the should be's, and all that really just wears out energy, just erodes it, wears it out. As you know, you know you can get stressed out, just sitting, answering a telephone all day it 's hardly like building a railroad or you know it's, it's, yet you can feel totally exhausted from the amount of emotional and, and thought energy that gets used up around doing something like that, mm-hmm. just listening and being agitated and worried and upset and excited and inspired and despaired and so forth. It's that boom, 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 charging around. So this is really, you know, one of the most fundamental things that meditation can offer us, just the chance to, to address fundamental energy, you know, to restore ourselves. And always you've got to, Really recognize how important that is. In what in whatever you're doing, if you don't can't, if you don't do that, then you're running on empty. And everything's going to come from some form of stress or reaction or another. Often, what's called low-grade panic, or sometimes high-grade panic. You know, the sense of got to do. This is happening, you know fear, panic because uh, we haven't unless you've actually got some ground, your mind is in panic, you know, it 's like it hasn't actually got a place to rest, it must be in some sort of sense of anxiety or panic it't not even necessarily as a uh, conceived of but this unsteady ungrounded state, and from there one is extremely prone to reactivity. Um, it's like when you have no ground, when you have no stability, when you have no inner basis, extremely prone to reactions, being reactive. And those reactions, are what the mind will always justify them. They always seem so real. And uh, we, we, get, we follow that. So just be, even as that's happening, just a check of what's the energy doing now, what's happening in your body, and being able to, you know, assess the fact that one's spun out altogether, you've lost it, or you just got base, basically just a kind of fiery head experience, or a tight throat experience, or you know that kind of thing. You haven't even got a whole body yet. So if you haven't got, if you're not actually here yet. what's coming out it's just uh, where are we coming from it's really valuable to to that sense of energy Mm -hmm. so what's called samatha sometimes you see there's a tranquility tranquility can be misunderstood as something that happens through valiums and dumbing you down and going slightly stupefied but more like smoothing out is the way I like to see it. Like smoothing the system out, just like massaging it, refreshing it, smoothing it, pasadi, the lovely sounds of that, easing it so it feels suitable. The Buddha said your, your mind has to be made pliable, malleable, light, suitable, fit for work, you yeah. know. Comes through that, through through settling into your into your body. So when you look at that in as a, an aspect of practice, then you know uh, just an aspect of staying healthy, you know, sane. Let's put it really bluntly, <laughs> half sane. <laughs> then meditation or some of these energy work we've been doing together. Some of these very, very Modest little touches of a few very modest, simple exercises—not much at all—and you can see that, that, that even such things one gets enormous sense of shifting, and balancing. And this is all to do with, with energy. Now, in terms of also of, of managing energy, um, naturally the other—the mind, the senses—all have their Part to play, everything everything can um, either support or drain. So, you recognize you have these um, intention. So, if your intention is clear, is steady, you know, and you're with that, if it's not impulsive or reckless or fluff, you know, there's a nice quality to that that's also going to help steady. You know. and just the sense of being able to hold an intention. we were looking at some of that today in a little bit of body work, just the how to first of all establish the intention, you know, and then give it, you know, just really think something so clearly, like something like moving or standing or going to make the dinner or whatever you're doing, and just pause. Around, let that intention actually three seconds, five seconds, just have its effect on how you come into co- congruity with that, how you come into wholeness with that. So we, as we walk, our body walks with us. You know? It's not like your head's out the door and your body's still behind, which is kind of the mode that People can operate that. You know, you're already half down the road. And your body is still standing in the door. <laughs> you know, no sooner said than done, at the <laughs> or even sooner said than done. But being able to kind of recognise it's just a very small piece of this is what you intend to do. Now, are you there yet? And if you say you are, I think you, I, I would question that. So wait a minute. Yeah, now it's there. Yeah. And learning to get that kind of um, cultivation. I mean, yeah, I can stand up, I can walk out the door, fine, the body can do that. But actually, the wholeness of it. You know, there's, there's a settled quality that you can cultivate. And it's really part of the what we call the long-term you know, training in monasteries. Part of the training... Sometimes it looks like just a politeness or behaviour or etiquette thing. There's a certain uh, quietness or pausing or um, you know certain quality of movement. You're moving around. We don't jump or run. And it's not just about kind of behaving politely. It's about actually before you move, you you bring yourself fully into that into that sense. It doesn't take a lot longer, you know. It's it's so if you begin to build up that training, yeah. the idea flashes in the mind. Do this, then you just pause. You know, feed the dog, whatever it is. Well, oh, feed the dog, yeah. right? or wait. You can sort of feel that 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 sense you know you come behind you you actually that mental message you know you, 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 it's kind of permeated so you, you you get up your whole body gets up it's not you rip a bit of you off to rush out and feed the dog but the whole thing comes along You get a sense of that so you can sometimes practice that just looking at Stand, you know, sitting in your chair, and then thinking, "Okay, it's time to go." Yeah. Okay, it's time to go, and, you, you know. and there's that, there's the image comes up in the mind maybe of door or bed or outside or walking, and you know, and we're in that little piece, that idea. We don't really see what happens. You know, that, that idea blooms in the mind, a little image comes up in the mind of where we're going to go and with that some desire or some interest or some fear or some whatever. And we dip, into, we go into this virtual world yeah, of the expectation. And then you, find, then you, you, know, you can find yourself moving and you haven't actually felt your body go with you. into your body every time you make a move, actually to just have that inflection to check. your body's with you, take a second or two, three, five. doesn't really matter. Take the time. taking the time to do that. Because time itself and the pressure of time, a sense of that, is, is a measure of how much out of your body you are. It's a measure of how, mu- how much out of your body you are. When, there's no, when you've got no time, it means you, you've really lost it. <laughs> yeah. What it means is the nervous system is, is panicking. Because what, what what you know where is this time that you don't have? What is it? <laughs> Can you know? Could you put it on a plate for me? So it's a measure of, of how you know stressed or excited or impulsive or agitated we are. So just to kind of you help to translate some of these very significant messages that occur, and it's part of the daily life practice because the daily life is steeped in this kind of code, you know, it's time, get ahead, time is money, don't waste time, uh, and so forth. And a very nice little uh, phrase I think Thich Nhat Hanh gave one time, or maybe several times that I picked up, was a little message to put on your fridge door, along with all the rest of them of course if too much in a hurry to look at the fridge door because you want to get inside <laughs> get this stuff out <laughs> but before the, before the fridge door disappears from consciousness yeah, the, and it says it's the phrase is there's not much time therefore we must go slowly <laughs> there's not much time Therefore, we must go slowly. Yeah. Exa- that's exactly the point. Because there's not much time, is the panic, isn't it? But you think it's quite logical. If you haven't got much time, then you'd better really, you know, really take that little bit of time and, and, exp- and be, you know, really be with that. Don't rush over it if you've only got a little bit of it left. <laughs> yeah? Like if somebody says, you know, you've only got five dollars or whatever it is, and you spend it very carefully, a cent at a time, don't you? you? don't throw it all away. So if you've got little time, it's important to take it a moment at a time. And you, then, you, you know, then you actually it starts to reveal. When you, you kind of break through that code, the the panic, the urgency, the panic, whatever it is, and then we can really look at some views because views are support and drive the energy. So views and energy really work together. When your energy goes out, then it's easy to adopt particular views. The Views often are, I am this, I'm not this, I should be, I could be. In other words, they're permutations of, of being lost. You know? Senses of overwhelm, pressure, inadequacy, um, you know, in urgency, and so forth. It means I'm actually not centered. You know, so the energy is twisted or tangled or oppressive. Mm-hmm. You, can, so you can feel it, like I've got weight, you say, oh, I've got a weight on my back. Or you know, things of that nature. It's often expressed in bodily terms. Things are fairly heavy for me. You know, I've got whole things are really on my back. My boss is on my back. My boss is on my back, along with my <laughs> you know, this whole kind of things on your back. And what do you mean? You know, that's quite. Re- that's re- it's what it feels like because it actually is your body energy is, is closing down. So attitudes. Views have an effect upon our, upon our energy, and our energy is one way of coming out of the view, you know, like the view of time, the view of ought to and should be, you know, which is a sense of feeling unbalanced or unwelcome, chronically unwelcome, you know, it's like as a habitual pattern. So if, uh, there's always this sense of this view of, is able to find a place to take hold the view you should be you 'll only be good enough if you do you know? so that comes from really a sense of not being able to be with one 's own presence one 's own bodily sense one 's own embodiment in a comfortable way, so it's something that is always trying to you know make ourselves into something else when you, uh, so it's, it's a view is what what keeps that going and these views of self uh, are when we particularly when we are in the social domain, this views of self and the views of should and the views of ought to and the views of what we should be are just thick, running thick and fast. It's tolerant of them. So you've got to be really mindful of how much you want to even take in of that. So, this is where you get a lot of media stuff is giving you this message either directly or indirectly about who you are, what you should be, what you can't be, you know, so forth. Um, and uh, a lot of it is, is fear, fear induced, or, or um, fear inducing, you know, because some of the self view is about imagining, you know, how you, how you sense others. Uh, So you don't feel safe if you're under threat. So, you know, all these views take you out of your own presence because you you get saturated in fear or anxiety uh, and so forth. So these are things to keep coming back to, how these views affect you, um, how they throw you into a spin. And there's always that sort of very simplicity of the Dhamma practice right now, you know, what's happening for me? What's happening? And this, this is why the body energy is very useful because although it's not a self, at least it's a reference when you say what's happening to me. What what is one of the useful ways to look at that is what's happening to me in terms of the, the senses of contraction or ease or settledness or stability, Basic core presence, which is the bodily sense. What's happening to that? Have I lost it altogether? Is it feeling tight or compressed or lost or threatened or whatever? You're sensing that. You've got to clear that back at home, home base. This is where you know the world you can slip through it, you can sneak through. It's like being like a greased pig. <laughs> It doesn't Mara doesn't can't grab if you if you (laughs) like that. It's a good role model, isn't it? (laughs) Makes a change (laughs) because this is just if you like addressing the, the point. And then if we have that, the wholeness, we come into a wholeness of being, we're not trapped or pressured, then there's a possibility that we can bring forth from that wholeness something sacred, something about, because in that wholeness, the beauty of it is, is that all of us, in our wholeness, have a, have a wonderful potential. You know, The na- uh, human potential when we're in that rested state is loving, bright, and clear, because there's no feeling hostility or pressure or need. So what comes out is basically the, the Brahma Vihara, loving kindness, compassion, appreciation for others, respect, equanimity. Those become, they're not things you have to pump out. They, they, they're they there when you're in rest state. So again, if they're not available, uh-huh, what's happening? What if they're so grouchy? You know? What if they were so, you know, Jealous, because um, when your own s- this presence is comfortable, then you don't really mind whatever if somebody else is getting a better deal or not. You know, good luck, <laughs> you know, because you, you feel okay, and that—that's the enormous um, benefit of um, so, of samatha is that so many issues just don't are not don't stick in. And so you've always got to be aware of of that real requirement to to find your own home in this colloquial sense so that stuff doesn't burrow in. There's a huge amount of topics, views, and issues around. So we start to address the view, the first aspect of view is just right view, which is to recognize things such as cause and effect. You know, things arise from causes they have effects. A very quite simple synopsis of right view is the principle of cause and effect. What we bring forth has effects for ourselves and for others. What we're, what we're experiencing now is the result of other things that have happened is what we're in. And there 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 are fortunate results and unfortunate results and there's also a way out of this kind of cycle which is what we do in in insight meditation or the insight aspects of meditation is the the view that can arise from that stability when, when our minds are not searching for pleasure or comfort or stability because they feel Know, pleasant enough comfortable enough just by being at home and then you, then that's the possibility for the for the the mind and vipassana is very much more a mental thing you know a, a wisdom than a, than a uh, an energy thing it's not about a concentration or a, or a happiness experience that's to do with energy but it's about discernment and it's that you know, so that's to do with the, the view into um, these very fundamental views around um, stability, searching for stability, searching for happiness, and trying to be something. Yeah. and how these formative views are always pushing us, pushing us, pushing us. so our energy is getting pushed in certain directions. And uh, inside you, you keep reviewing, you know, whatever seems to be stable is, is being held together. Whatever seems satisfactory is being um, eaten. You know, you actually something that is kind of um, eating it up. Yeah. You're resting upon it, you're feeding upon it and it runs out. And whatever seems to be self is actually um, held together and uh, you know, is extending. It's, it can never actually stay in the present moment. It's always extending itself. So therefore, it, it's, not, it's not satisfied. So just consider, your, you know, when you consider yourself can you, consider yourself, can you consider yourself without reference to the present moment? If you, uh, <clears throat> can, you cons- can you actually, you know what I mean is, when you consider the present moment, can you actually say who you are without reference to past or future or an opinion or a view? You know, without, in other words, without referring to something outside of the present moment. Generally what we find is when we consider ourselves as some sense of either history, I was this, I was born in this, I'm doing this, you know, or expectation, I'm going this way or that way. You just can you know try to consider who you think you who you think you are without referring to anything outside of just sitting here. Because if we are something, then surely that's going to be most obvious when we're sitting here. <laughs> no. No. So you know, we can think of well, five years ago I did this, yesterday I did that, tomorrow I'm going to be doing this. That you know, it could be true, but the most clear thing that we can really testify to, do, to is right here now, isn't it? Because that's going to be something really in our focus. So what are we right now? Let's all point to it. It's well, isn't that? Funny, that's that. There's a feeling, but it's kind of changing. And then there's a sort of sensations. But I'm watching those, so I can't be that. There's these thoughts running through my, are running through my mind? What are they running through? Um, I must be the something that's aware of all this, but where's that? You know, and it start. Whoop! Oh, <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't define it. So why call it a self? What's so personal about it? What's so stable about it? What's so mine about it all? Mm-hmm. And any, when we come out of that, at any given moment we can have a, a small essay, or a large essay on who we are. You know, what do you want? You want biological, you want psychological, you want... Um, you know, performance, you want career, you want problems, you know, you want to look, oh, I've got essays on problems, um, so forth, histories. Massive. Uh, wow, where did that come from? A view. so <laughs> you know, view is not just the kind of small whimsical thing, it's, it's, it's a major thing. Yeah. Once, and it will assemble like a genie, out of a lamp, you know. A view arises and it will generate a three-dimensional world quicker than blink, a blink of the eye. And you, you, you say, okay, well, let's really nail this one right down and feel it so that I'm really completely one with this, I want to really know and be this self Okay, so here, right now, it sort of starts to dissolve into something I'm witnessing, something I'm watching, something that's pressing me, something that's urging me, something vague and misty behind me, something sort of I can't quite define around me. Well, where where did she go, you know? Is it old, young, male, female, you know? It's either an object that's continually flickering and changing or a subjective sense that we can never quite name. (laughs) So that's... Is that... Is that that true? If that's true, or it's seems to be verifiable, it's, it's a question point to keep going back to, that's, that's really the perspective from what, which one has to be living from, is not it being actually more honest. So I have a view, I have an opinion, it's a feeling that arises, it passes and changes. So that we don't really take a stand upon these views, opinions, interpretations, perceptions that, that come through. Then it gets really interesting. Yeah. View is very important, and for the um, transcendent right view, so you have like a mundane, which is to do with you know looking at it broadly from the sense of self you know, me, birth, death, cause and effect, I do this, I don't do this, you know, I'll get a good result, I'll get a bad result if I do that, which has its own um, pertinence and relevance. But then the transcendent or lakutara right view is, this is, uh, there is impermanence, there's a sense of um, incompleteness or dukkha, and there's no self that can be found and that's, so that's the, the transcendent right view because in that nothing really grabs and takes hold and catches and that that's the you know, we only we come into that really through through the these practices and samatha and insight, the two go together. Because if one, um, if we just you know, the point of view of insight is it means we don't expend energy trying to find the permanent, trying to hold it all together, or trying to make it stop happening, we're not looking for permanent silence or permanent emptiness you know, so it's permanent in one form or no form. It's a sense of allowing the arising, allowing the passing. Then you're not wasting energy on this kind of clutch, snatch, grab, you know, (laughs) reach out, hold on for as long as possible, you know, that kind of thing. So you don't waste energy on doing that. And there's a beauty in being able to kind of glide, support, Touch, be touched by, allow to flow. And when, we, when our lives work like that, there's something really marvellous, marvellous, truly creative that occurs. Something comes from the sense of the lightness and the purity of the energy and the purity of the view in our lives. The marvellous arises. And so there's actually, you know, when people do beautiful things... Um, true creativity comes from that sense of an energy that is light present, not clutched, not pushed forward, not held back. So this whole sense of strange enough, the the quality of the the understanding of impermanence allows the the most beautiful things to be created. It's not not a destructive medium, it's a place of joy and creativity. Because we come into our into our rightness, our wholeness. Mm. This is probably this is, for most people, this is actually, you know, the thing that is most accessible to work with. Mm. Because the others are really um, further explorations of that same theme you know, things in, if everything is insubstantial then you can't really create a self because a self implies a kind of fixed, coherent su- sustaining experience you know. and if everything is unstable and permanent then one doesn't expect or look for something to be ultimately reliable completed, it's always so that the others come from that and the difference between dukkha as a truth of suffering and dukkha as a characteristic of existence is just that the the imbalance the unstable the changeable the, the uh, that quality uh, of of dukkha of the incomplete we might say is a characteristic of existence that's things that are always in this process of entropy of change of break up of passing of passing they, they can't be relied upon the dukkha in that sense. That's a characteristic that we can contemplate. If we don't really attune to that characteristic, then dukkha becomes a noble truth. (laughs) That is it stabs you. (laughs) There's a difference. So, you know, Buddhas under can see and experience dukkha as a characteristic, but they don't experience dukkha as a noble truth. Those are not suffering because <laughs> they've learnt it. They've learnt the lesson. Yeah, they've not built a house upon a cloud. They've not <laughs> yeah. They've not gone into a trance around things. Yeah. And this is kind of where where you. Looking at these, the, the, the very strong instincts there are to, to feel upset or irate or fearful or whatever about the, the inevitable kind of breaking up, changing, insubstantial nature of things. Actually, it can be translated into joy if it's properly attended. That's, that's the message, how those seemingly rather challenging and perhaps forlorn realizations, the impermanence, dukkha, the unreliable, the unsatisfactory, anatta, the not-self. How they get translated into joy and stability and uh, uh, ease. Because <laughs> yeah. you learn those are the characteristics That's the way that form, that's the way that the manifest operates. That's the message. If you learn it, then your life can be one of joy and compassion and tolerance and understanding. If you don't learn it, it becomes a place of pain, resentment, bitterness, conflict. It's like that. So this is how view... And the amount of effort that we put into sustaining pain, sustaining the basis of of unsatisfactoriness, the amount of effort we put into maintaining a debt. (laughs) But we're not looking to, to... Make everything miserable, or break everything up, or destroy everything, but to allow, to, from to allow forms to arise and pass because of the sense of joy, and ease, and loving kindness that comes from having really aligned ourselves to, to these these truths. And as the Buddha commented, he's you know one of the famous um, paraphrases he uses was this about about this. Four noble truths, which are really about how you handle that immediate impression of wrong, you know, lost, separated, bereaved, confused, hurt, alone, whatever it is, challenged, unfair, victimized, and so forth, you know, however it comes to you, um, is to. You know, it's, it's rather like you've got someone, and you. Lined them up in the morning. You s- stabbed them with a hundred spears, in the afternoon, you stabbed them with a hundred spears, in the evening, you stabbed them with a hundred spears. And the next day, you, you know, threw some wardrobe and picked them up and did the same thing again. <laughs> and he said, Just having this exp- experience every day for a hundred years, he said, if somebody offers you that possibility. And they said, okay, the deal is you do this for a hundred years, and after a hundred years of this, you really have understood the Four Noble Truths. He says, if somebody offers you that, shake their hand. (laughs) And he says, I'll tell you, even though this this realization will be accompanied by joy. Buddha had a, a way of making his metaphors rather searing. <laughs> so compared with that, it sounds like, well, actually, I'm not getting such a bad deal after all, really. <laughs> That's the point. I don't think you actually have to have that happen. But He's kind of maximizing it. Obviously, nobody to survive. But this means that, you know, if I can be with physical pain and really you know, or the emotional stress and start to just meet it, widen, soften, pause, you know, don't go into those programs, the views, the sense of I am this, what am I going to do about it, the flurries and the flusses, just try to maintain a whole energy um, around that. Then, you know, strange enough, the quality of ease and joy and confidence that arises will actually outstrip the discomfort that we experience it's funny isn't it you know because it's not um, it's not about even suppressing and not feeling it but about it, it no longer occupying the center stage if you practice this with physical pain and there's a question about dealing with physical pain. The, the, the practice is if you're f- feeling physical discomfort of any kind that you learn to focus on, on that in a, you know, a gentle way and just keep expanding your awareness around that. So you, you, you know, just keep expanding your awareness over that. So what you do is you'll find with physical discomfort there's a whole body, body stresses around that. Tension builds up, energy contracts around that. And, uh, and that is what intensifies it and draws, it, draws your mind more and more into it. Mm-hmm. And along with that comes the views of what should I do, how can I get, how long must I endure this, what should I do? You get this kind of emotion, mental, emotional flurry around that. And uh, the general advice for practice is just to keep widening your awareness over that. So you look to stabilize your energy. If your energy is stable, then your mind doesn't contract around that. Mm-hmm. And you don't get the same intensifying experience. That's the, and you can, physical pain, then it's something that recedes in terms of dominance. And if you for someone who practices uh, samadhi, then the quality of that 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 the healing energy is something you focus on to the point where actually that becomes where your mind abides, and you don't notice the physical discomfort. What is perhaps more relevant for many people is the emotional stress and strain. This is where, say, you know, we kind of come into the. It's not right. She shouldn't have done that, and so forth, and what people think of me, and all this kind of thing. Um, And then this huge, these views, arise, and um, energy tightens up around that. So it's the build-up, and then with that tightening more and more proliferation, more and more stuff keeps coming up, more and more sense of selfhood and history keeps coming up as you witness and you, as you meditate. Again, you know, as I've said many times, the point is to just simplify all those stories of he and she and they and the past and the future, so forth down to just the one point. What's the one word, you know? So when you do investigation, what's the one word that you put on that? Well, perhaps a polite word. <laughs> like, you know, uh, hurt or pressed or, you know, or betrayed or whatever it is. You know, just something that catches the meaning. doesn't even have to be fair, but just what, what's really the one point of that. So you, so you just fit, that's the charge, that's where the hook is. So you sense that, overwhelmed or um, angry or you know, whatever it is, so you Come comes to that one point. So you take down all that tangle, just down to the one point, and then feel that your energy tightening around that. This is where you meet that. And through practices of you know, being with and referring to it, and the compassion and you know, these loving qualities are necessary for the emotional body. You know, when I say loving, I mean can be pretty allowing. You know, we're not saying you know wonderful affection, but it's a sense of inclusion, allowing. Then the sense of that. Forgiving, allowing, inclusion, softening, becomes the dominant one. And the other one just kind of slips away. Not through denial or repression, but just because you've, you're, you've come into true. you come into your own potency. You're not being taken for a ride by events and circumstances. You've come into your, something like a true state of being. Which is what we always return to. So it's it's a really and really people build up enormous strengths around just translating these difficult, particularly difficult emotional and psychological experiences that we all go through, translating those into the resource of centeredness, hearness kindness, compassion, equanimity. These are vast powers. So, you know, every challenge is, say, say another possibility for that. Another possibility to let go of the the me, the, the whatever, you know, the him, the her, the them, the should, the ought, and just translate it into, this is the moment for how do I include this? You know, how do I get around this? This is the place of Patience or equanimity, kindness, forgiveness, so forth. Yeah. And It's like, this is the way in which we translate the world into our own sacredness. Our own, it, it strengthens. It, it asks us to be bigger, stronger than we thought we were. And it won't stop making you suffer until you do that. It's a relentless teacher the world. It will not let you get away with anything but enlarging your potential. <laughs> if you want to stop suffering, you've got to be bigger than you thought you were. And the, the, so that, that's the, and you can do it. That's, that's the marvel. You can't do it because it's just my ego position of I've got to do it and I'm a silly person if I don't do it and when am I ever going to get around to doing it? That doesn't do it. That just adds more stuff. That's you, know, you do it through realizing what I would call, you know, your sacred potential, or not from a, some personal point of view, but from this ability, this dumber point of view, your dumber body. And so, you know, that's kind of like the way that we can start to have another view about. Suffering, or the conflicts or the unfairness or the blows that the world teaches saying "is telling us to it's asking us to access our Dhamma more fully, more consistently you know, you can come through this you can be bigger than this and it won't stop beating you up until <laughs> you do that You know, I'm putting it strongly because it's going to be different. But it, it will, you know, it can be slower. And it, can, it doesn't have to be that heavy. But basically, that's you know the way to look at your at, at the difficulties we experience. What do you need? What can you what is what can you learn out of this? What do you what? How can you grow through this? You know, and sometimes it's pretty slow. You know, when we hold that view. And one of the most immediate ways to at least get a kind of a sense of it shifting is through going back to your energy, your body energy. So you've even got it worked out, sorted out, you haven't really completely released it. At least you find a place where you're coming into wholeness. You're coming to a sense of groundedness. You're coming to a sense of being able to be present. You're not rushing forward or losing yourself or spinning out. And that's always in my mind that's always the beginning of the point of, of turning it's, it's, it's changing the, the movement of energy from this kind of spinning or contracting state into ground and that's where you get the immediate sense of aha uh-huh, you know this which seems so real and solid and unbearable and me and mine and that, it isn't it's unpleasant, it is unwished for, it is, you know, but it's not the whole story. And there's a place, and once you start to get that shift, it undercuts the emotional conviction in that particular mental pattern. You don't, you can't really buy into it 100% once you've been able to sense a sense of presence that's not in that. And that's, that's. So that's that vital place where we, we can start to turn around from the first noble truth to the third noble truth. This has a cessation. It's, you know, it's of this nature. That's the, you know, view of, of insight gives us, it's quite exciting really, you know, to sense all those, you know, challenges can be turned into gold, all those kind of arrows can be turned into treasures, you know. so rather than, you know, how do I kind of keep away from all this stuff, it's sort of like... I wouldn't say. I'm not going to say. Bring it on. Thanks. No. 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 (laughs) You know, I don't mind having a break now and then. But (laughs) there's a recognition of, of uh, you know, uh, that that we 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 uh, we can we can make it. We can manage this. We can live without fear. We can live without shrinking. So that's the, the 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 gift that we're given. And I hope in some ways, you know, just in meeting some of these um, challenges in, in a retreat, and I think everyone has, as far as I can see or heard, you know, has met challenges, has been with things, has experienced some sense of realization, some sense of perspective, some sense of turning it, some sense of actually releasing big chunks of things and and really look at this you know when you had 8 days you can actually drop something that's been there for 20 years in you know. that's, that's that's fantastic you, know? you can let go of life messages you know that and once it when it was there it seemed like this is me and always and the world is this way and when it's gone well wow. who was that you know uh, so it's, um, it's also to that view that that witnesses the ending and the cessation of of the stress. It's another important aspect of the view of insight. Uh, like, look at the suffering that isn't here right now. And what I've n- noticed. Is, Imagine it's a general characteristic. Is most of us are pretty good at immediately get, getting what's wrong with this, the world, myself. You know, whatever. It's it's it's. We can, we can also imagine quite quickly how it could be a bit better than it is right now. I could be a bit better. Body could. Yeah, it can do with a bit of patching up here and there. Uh, Mine, certainly, could be quite a lot better than this. Uh, Retreat, quite well, it could have been more of this and that and less of that. The other people, it could have been different and (laughs) they really were. Weather wasn't so good, it could have been. I really like it when it's nice and so forth. And the retreat, the length of it wasn't really. I like them kind of like a bit shorter or a bit longer. Talks, well, there's some good, but they only get on a bit sometimes. I didn't quite get that. A bit too intellectual, too much thinking evolved, or abstract, or rambling. Or, could have been another way. You know, it's, it's, it's not. It's pretty easy. In fact, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to stop doing that. <laughs> Uh training is just how think how much worse it could have been <laughs> How much worse it could get <laughs> how much worse your body could be than it is you know some people have you know no legs or you know horrible mutilations or burnt or you know how worse it could have some people are demented psych- psychotic, deeply paranoid you know. Some situations, he's sort of in chained or in this clamor or something like that. Hurricanes, you know. tornadoes, glaciers. Could have been, <laughs> you know, glaciers sweeping down on us. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Security police standing outside the door. Just thinking how much worse it could have been. For some people it is like that, you know? You're in, you know, look at the news, in Burma or... You know, it is like that. It really is very, very bad. So, you know, it's not just the sort of... It's just to recognize how that, that strong inclination and we don't choose to do but it, but it just keeps happening that way. How much better it could be. That's That really is a, it's a fantasy, isn't it? And the bent towards that. So we start to recognize, you know, I've had a day of non-violence. Wow. I've had a day of not being physically harmed. Wow. I've had a day of not being verbally assaulted. Wow. You yeah. know, I've had an hour of relative... Calm. Well, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the the ability to sense that that uh, then you realise the, just t- chain turning the mind in that in that way. Mm-hmm. Then we start to recognise maybe the things that aren't problems for us anymore, the bits of suffering that we've let go of. Or that haven't. That you know, we've been spared, or the bits of you know, last year I was really in a lot of grief around this and now that's gone. Last year, yesterday, I had a real problem of aversion to this person, now it's finished. We sometimes don't notice the problem, the bit that's gone, the suffering that's ceased. So that's an important aspect of practice. You know, just to train the mind that way. Because it's only when you get that sense of how the, you know, the, there is a suffering, there's a cessation, there is a non-suffering. You know, that you're able to to get the whole view of this process that we're in. And that, and that whole view fits the wholeness of your energy. And then there's, there's a sweet movement to realization it comes through those two wholenesses being apprehended.